0: Hello and welcome to the Roads of Lords, the 2023 of Village Cup podcast. In episode four, myself, that's Elizabeth Botchaby, and tournament manager Ian Smith will look back on all of the action from round five. Hello Ian, are you well?
1: Yes, yeah, all good here, thank you. Uh, we've got rid of the rain here in Nottinghamshire, and uh, Sunday's um, round five was progressing well until some of the thunderstorms came through, so um, after all the incredible heat we've had over the last two or three weeks, it was a real shame that several of the games didn't get finished Um, but uh, they all seem to be in the southeastern corner of the country so uh, the the northwest and elsewhere did better which is unusual for rain conditions
0: and yeah and a lot's happened since the last episode you know we've had the regional finals the first national round and from well over 350 teams we're now down to fewer than 20 Um, this is where it starts to get exciting isn't it
1: it is, and this is where, if you're in a team that's that's still in the cup, you're you are now allowed to sort of start thinking about lords. Whereas, in round one, when there's 270 opponents to get past or 370 opponents to get past, it's quite a long way away in April when it's cold and freezing and you've got three sweaters on. But um, when you get past the national, uh, sorry, the regional final, then yeah, you're getting close, and this is where you start looking at the diary and saying, well, who's available on the third of September? You know, is anybody going away on holiday or is anybody getting married? For God's sake. We uh, we need our strongest team at Lords, and, and that's often where the disappointment comes because you start to allow yourself to think about it. But uh, it's yeah, it's getting to the good the good stuff. Now.
0: The headlines, of course, the, the big headline from round five is that two former champions have fallen. Uh, Dumbleton, who we'll hear more about later, and Woodhouse Grange, who lost to Patrington by 133 runs. Uh, Ainsdale travelled over, I think it was about 300 miles to Falkland in Scotland, and were rewarded with an eight wicket win and at the opposite end of the country, Hook and Newnham Basics defeated Painswick by six wickets. There was a 184-run opening stand between Josh Buckingham and Harry Warner that really proved crucial as they chased 223. Two-time champions GoTaker continued their cruise through the competition, defeating Embrook and Bearwood by eight wickets. Uh, there were three wickets apiece for Connor Taylor and Adam Tucker as Embrook were bowled out for 123. Robbie Eason scored a century as Horspeth defeated Wemden, Wolpit advanced to the last 16 for the first time in their history. Uh, I think it's actually their 28th uh, attempt, so well done to them for breaking that run. Uh, and Barton United defeated Water Orton by three wickets. Uh, the East Midlands champions collapsed to 95-7, for seven, uh, but fought back thanks to a 60-run eighth wicket stand and earned themselves a spot in round six. Um, and as you said, a handful of matches will uh, be you know, delayed until June 25th because of those storms but still plenty of action to be had
1: performance of the week well the game that i uh, picked up on was the dumbleton game where they they got knocked out and obviously you know a bit of giant killing going on by south wingfield uh, aside from derbyshire not too far from where i am Um, and this was affected by the rain but the whole the game was completed so south wingfield batted first and got to 178 for eight which was a reasonable score i guess for 40 overs. zach Whittingham. Uh, finished it off with 54 from 55 balls. Um, and that wasn't bad because they were 72 for seven at one point. Dumbleton were going okay in the second innings and they got to 127 for six after 30 overs. And then it rained. And uh, unfortunately, the rain rule, which is run rate in, in this part of the competition, meant they missed out by four runs. Um, and I, you know, obviously, you don't know what the conditions were. You don't know whether they saw the rain coming and were therefore desperately trying to speed up or it just arrived as a thunderstorm that nobody anticipated and therefore everybody was surprised by it um, I think I, I've said before I've bored you before with my view on bowl loss as being a pretty bad way of losing well that's almost the second worst way of losing when they weren't out of it by any stretch they were they were going well but uh, they got defeated by the rain unfortunately which as we know cricket uh, it can happen in cricket so yeah, so it's, it's going to real shame for them to to go out and and as you said, um, there's a very good chance we're going to have a, a a new winner this year, which is always a good thing. Which game stood out for you?
0: Uh, mine takes us to Cardiff. It was a uh, Grandpa Road uh, defeating Sully Spartans by two wickets in the final over of their game. Um, and Grandpa Road, I think, were a they're quite a proper village team. You know, in a previous round, they fielded a father son duo and a father daughter duo in the same eleven um so I'm, I'm guessing it's a fairly tiny village um, I, I can
1: give you some insight on that i was down in cornwall on holiday two years ago in march and i drove past a sign that said grandpa road v- cricket club so i got out and had a walk around nobody there and it is a proper village cricket club um so anyway carry on sorry i will just <laughs>
0: um, and they're also bidding to become the first cornish champion since troon in 1976 so you know they'll be a good team to join given true won it three times in whatever it was five years. Um but back to back to their game. Uh they really frustrated uh Sully Spartans. They took regular wickets and you know a number of players made it to the 30s, but no one could really kick on. And Sully Spartans were all out for 192. Uh, Martin Roberts picked up five for 39, but there were 30 extras, um including 12 wides, which Really didn't help. They could have been chasing nearer 160, but found themselves at nearly 200. Um, And in reply, Harry Gregory and Tom Orp uh, shared a 65-run stand for the second wicket. Um, But when Orp was uh, removed in the 14th over, you know, wickets started to fall at regular intervals. Um, So it was beginning to get a a bit tense for them. And heading into the final five overs, it was still very much, you know, grand pound road to win. They only needed 13 runs from 30 balls. Um, and then it just went down to the wire. Uh, you know, Gujar bowled a double wicket maiden in the 38th, which is some fairly clutch death bowling. Uh, and then Grandpan Pan Road just about snuck over the line with two wickets to spare in the final over. So probably a few hearts racing, um, you know, getting down to those last couple of overs and thinking, oh, God, have we, have we thrown this all away?
1: Yeah, and it, as you say, the romance of having another Cornish winner or Cornish finalist would be a, a great thing. You know, all those coaches coming up the M4 to, to Lords. Um, I think I remember watching some rugby back in the 70s and 80s before it went professional, where the Cornish team, county team, had the biggest support ever. Um, most vociferous and probably most lubricated. So um, I'm not suggesting that will be the case with Grandpa Pan but it would be good for them to make... Probably the longest journey of any remaining club, I think, if they get the Lords, now that the Scottish teams are out.
0: I going to say, going back to your Dumbleton game, it was an odd one because I was, was, you know, the sad case that I am was scrolling through play cricket quite regularly on uh, Sunday afternoon. And when I checked about uh, halfway through the rugby game that me and my dad were watching, they were, yes, yeah, seven wickets down. You think, you know, South Wingfield have messed this up. You know, they're going to be all out for about 90 and then yeah the next time i checked they they made it to nearly 180 um it, it was quite some comeback from the the tail end
1: yeah 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 and, and you know they're the sort of games that you want you want to have a bit of ebb and flow um with it going both ways so yeah i think um i think we're now getting to the point where it is becoming serious for these players and these clubs and um there will be some, some nerves around, whereas in the earlier rounds, as I say, it would just be another game of cricket. It would be a bit of fun on a Sunday. Um, but now there's some serious outcomes for these teams that win. Um, and, uh, and, and it will become more tense. And I think there will be more closer games because of it.
0: And uh, Zach Whittingham, obviously you mentioned, was responsible for South Wingfield's win. Uh, 54 not out of 55 um, at number eight or number nine, uh, which is a pretty amazing knock. Um, but unfortunately, he's not the player of the round.
1: Player of the round.
0: Milford Hall's Harry Edwards had pro- probably one of the all time Village Cup knocks against uh, uh coming in at number six with his side 133 for four. He smacked 104 runs off 44 balls, including seven fours and nine sixes, uh, to power Milford Hall to 279 for six. And Clendissel were all out for 117 in reply, uh, quite the knock, Ian. And
1: he took two catches as well, so he, he played a full part in that game. Um, the other thing that struck me about that result was there's a, you know, we talk about players of the match. There's a chap in that game. I think someone needs to go and put his, their arm around him and buy him a pint. Uh, Chris Stamp went for 73 for two in his six overs in the Milford Hall innings, and was then out first ball obstructing the field. Um, that's a bad day at the office for for any sort of cricket, a it's professional or recreational. So, Chris, if you're listening, we feel your pain.
0: <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Harriet, what was that? Nine sixes uh, yeah. for Harry Edwards. It must have. I mean, I don't know what Plantasol would have been thinking when they, you know, they see him come out at 133 for four in the 28th over, probably thinking can restrict them to under 200, and then a few boundaries later, it's nearly 300
1: yeah and and as you say nine sixes so 54 in 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 sixes that's nearly as much as i ever scored in the total but not quite um but yeah that's quite quite some uh outcome to do it for 44 balls that's that's spoiling someone's day to do that you know as you say 133 to 4 they're thinking we're doing all right here we're we're, we're going to tie them down to something you know, achievable um and he rather took the window of the Landis Hall sales, and again, you don't know whether that batting performance was sometimes a reflection on how badly they'd done in the second half of the first inning so they got so dispirited by this this attack, and then you lose a couple of quick wickets, and then it's downhill from there. Um, but yes, I do feel for the uh, the obstructing the field man, uh, Chris Stamp. Yes, have a beer on me, Chris. Send me the bill. <laughs> the big preview.
0: You know, you're now getting really, really close to Lords, three wins standing between you and Lords. Do you think the nerves will be kicking in for teams now? And that they will start thinking that we were, we're nearly there. I think
1: it will and you know, I never played a very high standard of cricket, but in games that were that had a serious consequence, either cup games or relegation or, or championship games, you don't necessarily go into the game being nervous. But if the game becomes close, then you become incredibly nervous and and as someone said on the the tv commentary today there are some people that walk towards that level of excitement embrace it and take it on ie stuart broad uh, and others who just can't handle it and and this it's a really good you know exemplar of of, of how the stress of the game can can you know change people's the, the outcomes from that game and um, i do think there's going to be some some nerves around you know if you if you lose three or four quick wickets in the first innings and you, you you will start to think well hang on i can't get out of here now otherwise the cup the cup run is over um whereas probably on a Saturday game where there's not much in it you'd probably just go out and play you know um you mentioned grandpa and road that they're, they're going to host in the next round so horse path from Oxfordshire can they go down to that little corner of Cornwall um and horse path is a club i've followed for for some years uh, my club used to play against them in pre-season friendlies, and they're a good, good village side, on just on the outskirts of Oxford. And that would be a great day out, you know, all the way down to Cornwall. You know, whether they go go down after their game on Saturday, or they get up at you know some silly time in the morning on Sunday to go down. Whatever they do, that will be a great day out for them, and, and you know, hopefully, you know, they'll, they'll want to come home with a win. But if they don't, it will still be a really good memory of something very different to, to travel all that way for a game of cricket. And I think that, looking at the fixtures we're looking at now, I think that will probably be the longest journey. I can't see anybody else doing anything quite that far. So so the games we know about in the next round, uh, Milford Hall versus South Wingfield, Loddington and Morsley, which I think is Northamptonshire, against Barkby, so another East Midlands matchup. up Shieshead and Forton, Forton versus Ainsdale, Staley versus Patrington, who you mentioned earlier, Hook and Union Basics versus Go Taker, and then there's two games where Woolpit will be at home uh, to the winner of Stoke Green and Ashman Howe and Barton Wanderers, and then there's two other um, round five games to complete because they didn't because of the weather. So it, it's now getting to a a really interesting part of the season and a really interesting part of the uh, the competition. And and yeah, there will be people thinking about the finals now. You know getting to lords in the same year that england won the second test there uh-huh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah i think it's it's funny the way it's worked out in the north as well i think it it's what did you say amesdale and shizet and Forton, who i think are north lanks and south lanks yeah. and then it's uh staley and Pat patrington yeah. who are the two yorkshire sides i think yeah. so yes. you've ended up with Lancashire versus yorkshire and it's going to be a a Lancashire Yorkshire showdown in uh, in the oh. quarterfinals. finals.
1: Two relatively um derby close derbies geographically and then Oxfordshire to Cornwall, which <laughs> on a Saturday is yes. <laughs> good luck, chaps.
0: That's all we have time for in episode four. Thanks to Ian for his company, to our sponsors, Veneas Broadband, Bowler, Crickviz. Thiekston and charity partner, the Lord Taverners, for their support, and good luck to all of the teams in round six. You're only three wins away from Lords.